Luke 5, verses 3 and 4. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And I love these, I love to think about these words, you know, personally. Because when I think about Pastor Stevens' life, you know, every seven to ten years, God, through different circumstances, had him move. Whether it was persecution, whether it was something in the church that was happening. Maybe it was because of just opportunity in another place. But he continued to be on the move. And I was talking to Pastor Roman in, in Ukraine a few years ago. And he and I were just discussing how it's a good thing for us to be on the move. Um, because um, when we take steps of faith in a vision or in an idea that God gives us, then it creates momentum and it creates movement. Right? And it creates an opportunity for us to trust God. You know? And it kind of puts us in a place of vulnerability. Yeah, and uh, we have to trust God. And um, sometimes we don't want to do that. Sometimes we want to just stay where we are, where it's comfortable, right? You know? And because we have enough trouble where we are now. <laughs> like, how can I even think about going anywhere or doing anything different? You know? But Jesus here as he does very often with our lives. In chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, gets into Simon's ship. And, you know, how many times has that happened to us? Where Jesus Christ enters into our ship. You know, our ship, not somebody else's, but our ship. Our life, our family, our career, our job. And he says, thrust out a little bit from the land. And I think that's the way things always begin in our life. You know, God doesn't say, okay, 
I'm going to do something right now very radical without any warning and without any preparation. But he has us push out a little bit from our our beach from our our waterfront our edge and he teaches and you know like it always that always happens you know with the work of God God always begins with a time of teaching and investment and instruction You know, like when we look at the work of God here in Krakow over the years, um, we've seen a lot of things happen, right? We've seen people come and go. And that is not anything strange or that is not anything um, unusual with the work of God. Because uh, that even happened with Paul. Paul had, you could see in Paul's ministry and also in Jesus' ministry, that there were lots of people and then there weren't lots of people. And uh, sometimes, you know, like Paul, for example, somebody asked me the other night, two nights ago, they said, they said, isn't it strange that Paul his whole life served and then at the end of his life he was alone? You know, and sometimes people think that way, like, what if I served God all my life and in the end I'm alone? <clears throat> You know, have you ever thought of that? And maybe that has not entered your mind. Uh, but for some people, maybe it does. But I don't look at it like that. I look at it a little differently. That, uh, I look at it that what a great privilege and honor that we have. You know, that we can be involved with the work of God in Poland and in Europe. You know? Like we are a part of something bigger. Than, you know, we're part of a, a, a church that is, you know, that's functioning in many countries in Europe. Ukraine, and Russia, uh, Czech and France and, uh, and everywhere, really. And that's amazing, isn't it? That we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And sometimes Jesus wants to have us step back a little bit, push away from our our security in our comfort zone. So that so that we can so that we can get a bigger perspective. Right? Like have you ever ever have you ever had a moment where you had to step back and just reevaluate everything? You know, like, uh, you know, because 
um, you're you're wondering, uh, you know, am I doing the right thing here? But in Luke chapter Luke chapter um, five here, Jesus says, push back away from the uh, the beach a little bit. And then he said, after that, he said, um, launch, then, read the, read, the, read the next part. Um, go ahead and read, read that if you can. And that's, that is, um, I love those words. He says, um, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. Um, so after the teaching, there is a challenge to launch out. And I think that this is where a lot of Christians stop, right there. Uh, they launch, they don't, either they, either they are like, no Jesus, I don't want to launch out. Um, I don't want to step out into the deep. You know, because the deep, of course, is deep, right? Right, and there's and it's dangerous. Uh, who knows? What if the boat capsizes and falls? And, you know, when I moved to Ukraine, I had this thought when I was moving there. And when, I, and when I moved to Philadelphia, I had the same thought. That what happens if we go there and nothing happens and the boat sinks? You know, you ever think that way? You know, like, what if this is a total failure? Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, you know, maybe not in the area of church, but maybe with your family. Now, like maybe, you know, with a business venture or a new job or a marriage or a family or whatever. Ever had that thought that what if this whole thing capsizes? And Jesus doesn't, Jesus says, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. And I like that because Jesus is not, Jesus is not saying, uh, bring your life preserver, bring your, uh, bring your special equipment so that you can survive for many days in water. He says, let down your net. And um, uh, because you're going to catch something. And the catch is eternal catch. And it's something that um, we never will lose. Uh, one thing that I think about a lot in my life that, that I talk with my wife about, we talk about this a lot, and we agree about this, is that, um, that as long as we are in a place where we can launch out and let down our net for a catch, I think we'll be, I think we're going to be rich people. Rich in the sense of not, 
I'm not talking about material, but we're going to be people that just have fruits in our life. Because um, uh, sometimes it's good for us that we ask God, Lord, send me out into the deep. Um, because I want to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. And the biggest thing that I fear in my life as a Christian is that I stop bearing fruit. You know, I stop bearing fruit as a Christian. And I just begin to be locked into the natural, everyday, whatever. And uh, so... There's a couple things I just want to say that I think would be encouraging us that. Um, and I said this in Warsaw a couple days ago about the love of God. Because the love of God gives us the capacity to believe God for something bigger than ourselves. Um, in first in Romans chapter eight thirty-five it says, Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Um, remember when David was king of Israel? And he, and he did not go out to fight, he did not go out to war but he stayed home and he got into a lot of trouble and I, I think that that's a very good thing to remember that, that, the, that the moment we stop moving forward in faith adventures and walking in faith in our life there are things waiting for us to take us out. And, I, and Pastor Shibeli always says this, a moving target is hard to hit. A moving target. Right? And, <laughs> thanks Pastor. It's true, isn't it? That um, I think taking steps of faith brings a lot of freshness in your relationships too. Right? It just stirs everything up. It brings in excitement into the family. Uh, that wow, we're doing something new. We've got a vision. We're quickened. We are. Uh, we've got. We're, we've got a plan. We're moving forward. We're doing something. Uh, maybe it's not that I'm moving to the other side of the world. But maybe it's we're taking on a new vision as a church. We are. Uh, we are. We are stepping outside of our comfort zone. And uh, that brings in a lot of excitement. Someone may say, "Well, I'm not optimistic like you are. I'm not such an optimist." 
Uh, or you kind of you have a personality that takes risks. Right? I'm not like that. You know, and when we say that I am not like that, we limit God. Right? You know, it may be that we just take a step of faith walk across our hall in our building and we share the gospel with our neighbor. Right? I mean, it's the same thing, isn't it? And because verse 35 here says this, who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ shall suffering, affliction, tribulation, calamity, distress persecution, hunger, destitution, or peril, or sword. Verse 37. Yet amid all... I'm reading from the Amplified, by the way. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors. And gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. And the question is, is this, what causes us to be victors or to, con- to be conquerors? What makes a person conquer things in their life? Conquer doubt, conquer fear, conquer mental blocks. What, what, is, what causes a person to overcome fear of failure? I talked to someone the other day and they, in, uh, in Warsaw and they, they said to me, like, um, they kept saying, you know, my sin, my sin, my sin, my sin. And, and, I, and I said, I said um, you know, and it's like we can become so programmed in our experience that we don't even hear and, and sense the love of Christ. Through the Holy Spirit in Romans 5, verse 5. You know, if we get persuaded about the love of God, then there's no place for fear, is there? 1 John 4, 8. Right? Like, who is afraid of failure when we know that God loves us no matter what? It's like, that's amazing, isn't it? Like, like, even if I fall flat on my face in absolute, in absolute failure, God still loves me. Uh, someone said to me the other day, they said, I have fallen to the bottom. They said this to me, I've, I've hit the bottom. And I know what's on the bottom. And I know what is there. And I, and I said, what is there? He said, the hand of God. And so how can we, how can we fear? 
And so the love of God creates the love of God creates a capacity in us to trust God. I think that if if I was to if I was to stop taking steps of faith in my life. I would become a prisoner of my personality, a prisoner of my past, a prisoner of what I desire, what I want, and I could become very discontent. First uh, Corinthians thirteen eight. Love never fails. So if I fail. Love never fails. Isn't that great? How can we, how can we ever fail with that kind of a of that kind of a a message? God's lover, God's love in Hebrews thirteen five never forsakes us. Isn't that great? Like never Maybe we don't know this, but there are people that cannot sleep at night because they are so, they feel so bad about their their besetting sin. They just they just are they are so afraid that God is rejecting them. And they live in so much fear. But God doesn't forsake us. And you know what? T- this is I, don't misunderstand me. I, I don't want to sound incorrect here, but G- God could allow a great failure in a person's life. Because he wants, he wants a person to understand that he's never going to leave them nor forsake them. Uh, the next thing is this, is that um, how can we be separated from love that suffers long and that is kind to us? that believes all things, hopes all things. God's love believes in us. God, I mean Christ in us. Believes Christ in us. Uh, God's love bears all things. It is never, it is, it is something that... Um, that endures all things in Hebrews 13 and in 1 Corinthians 13. How can someone believe that they could lose their salvation when they read 1 Corinthians 13? When someone says, I think I could lose my salvation, uh, and some churches teach that, but it's incorrect doctrine. It's theologically incorrect. And it's also not correct or consistent with the nature of God. Um, how can we read 1 Corinthians 13 and believe that God would be separated from us? You know? uh, Isaiah, Psalm 48, verse 2. He is beautiful for every situation. Here's another good question. 
Remember jo- Joseph when he met his brothers in Genesis 49? After many years. Remember how guilty they were? You know, they were so guilty. You know, they sold their brother into slavery. And then when, when their father died, Jacob, then they got afraid again. They said, okay, now dad's dead. He's not, he's not protecting us. You know? So now, now Joseph's going like, to kill us. You know? But the love of God through Joseph was a love of reconciliation. You know, in Philadelphia, um, we meet so many different Christians from so many different churches. And I'm just amazed at the state of Christianity in the States. You know, we have always been in greater grace in the United States. And you almost get a little disconnected from what's happening in Christianity in the States. But there, there are people that uh, are so abused by <coughs> churches. You know, um, the love of God does not tell us about what we need to perform to do. But it tells us that it is done. And remember Pastor Stevens' booklet, Just Let God Love You. That love does not demand a change. But what does it do? It leads it, 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 right. it the love of God produces a change in our life. And too many too many churches today are talking about what you have to do and what you have to change in your life for God to love you more. Right? That's a very natural humanistic type of teaching, isn't it? But it's a very risky theology to say what I just said. The love of God does not demand a change, but produces a change. Right. If we get to know the love of God, it's impossible for us to continue in, in what we were living in before. It's impossible. And this is what, this is what churches are not preaching. That if you really meet Jesus Christ, the love of God is stronger than death in your life. And I think very often we preach a very humanistic message, what we got to do for God, what God expects from us. I think that God only expects one thing from us, from our, from our flesh. From our flesh. What is that? Upadek, right? Failure. You know, Jesus never called the disciples in their flesh. He said, follow me. 
And I will make you fishers of men. Uh, here's a good point. We can be separated from the effect of love, but never from the cause. For example, I may not be faithful. Uh, God may, and I may, I may not be experiencing the effects of the love of God. But the cause of God's love, I can never be separated from that. Isn't that great? Uh, and I'll just finish with this. Um, I can delay love, but I cannot detach love from its course. It's in Psalm 23, verse 6. You know, his mercy and his goodness, what follows us all the days of our life. You know? And I have this picture in my mind of these two animals, these two dogs. That you know you can try to run from them, but they're going to chase you because they love you, and they're going to be chasing you because they love you. You know their tongues are going to be because they, they you know you can try to run away from these, and I don't want to. I don't. I hope it's not sacrilegious to describe. Surely the goodness and the mercy of God is dogs, but uh, but, but we can try to run from it. And uh, it's only going to catch up with us. And so 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 The love of God always causes us to triumph. Isn't that great? Today, and, and I may, today I may not be doing so good, I may be living in unbelief. But remember Micah? Chapter 7, verse 8. He said, don't rejoice over me, my enemy. Because I shall rise. Isn't that great? It's a great. It's a, and I think that sometimes, even in the midst of our failure, we can say as we're like in the dust and on our face, we can say, you know what? Don't rejoice over me, my enemy, because I will rise in the grace of God. And God will cause me to stand because he loves me. And I think if we could just get established in the love of God and then we don't get stuck in our life. We don't get stuck. You know? we, we forgive. We, 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 we decide to believe instead of doubt. We, we decide to walk instead of being afraid. And love gives us a vision that's bigger than us, and bigger than our possibilities.
I'll just tell one story about my mom that really uh, you, I think many of you met my mom right and it, near, near the end of her life she moved to Baltimore and she had arthritis very bad yeah it was very hard for her to walk and get up and move around and just took her hours just was very difficult and uh, so she lived in Baltimore and she was like well I'm not going to just be here and do nothing um, so she went to a crisis pregnancy center near her where she lived and girls that wanted to have abortions and she would meet with them she would meet with these girls that would wanted to commit you know, they wanted to have their babies aborted but she wanted she counseled them and uh, you know and she would sit there and they would come they would come for counseling and uh, she led over the whole time that she did this she, met, she led many of them to Christ and she, I said mom how many babies do you think you saved and she said about 150 and I, I think wow that's amazing you know uh, a woman in her late 60s with arthritis uh, you know a lot of, lot of difficulties in her life health wise and everything with her health and she just found a place where she could bear fruit and because the love of Christ gave her a vision bigger than her situation and, and so um, wow we have a lot of opportunities don't we and um, love humbles us love breaks us but if we learn to let God's love be internalized inside of us instead of being internalizing stress and fear and guilt and my problem and my sins and my failures and situation then, then, uh, then we can bear fruit amen so amen so those are just a couple of things I was thinking about. Any anyone have any thoughts or comments? Mm -hmm.